A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome to this World Game Changes podcast episode. Today I am joined by a lady that is based in Dorset in England and we've got a very, very poignant poignant episode today listeners. Um, I'm not going to say too much at this stage. I'm going to hand over to the lady in question, Leah Morgan. Leah, very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it is a real kind of honour to be here and to share this story and so yeah to really share this poignant message with your listeners this morning so thank you so much for inviting me on and just set to set the tone for that listeners it's essentially and I think this title will say it all and then I'm going to hand back to to Leah and the title is money won't bring my daughter back Leah take it from here because I don't know where to start with this yeah where can we start I mean this is we're going to give you a bit of a snapshot into this, this answer, this, this concept for me or this title for me. I'm just going to give you a little bit of a snapshot in terms of my lessons, my experiences of life, of understanding life since tragically losing my daughter to leukaemia. So just to give you a bit of a kind of understanding of our story. In 2016, my daughter Maggie Mae was born with leukaemia. Now, to be born with leukaemia is extremely rare. I think they said it's something like one in five million babies um, would be born with leukaemia. So it's extremely rare. And obviously, with any rare conditions, any rare presentations of cancer, and especially in childhood cancer, the treatments, available treatments, the study, the research treatments are very limited. So little Maggie May was born extremely poorly. And I think this really, to really kind of set the scene, I really need you to understand that in this tragedy, just every single day that Maggie had was a miracle. So unfortunately, we didn't get to keep Maggie for long. She died at 18 months old. But she so nearly died so many times in those early days of birth. And so the fact that she got those 18 months was miraculous. And she got 18 months of really like fun filled, joyful life. And even times actually, and a lot of times in her life, actually we thought the leukemia was gone and that we were fighting it. And she had, in fact, the whole 18 months we had, we, we were, we were sure that she was going to fight this and, and that she would survive and that she'd have a healthy life ahead of us, ahead of her. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, Maggie May did die from leukaemia, but Maggie, kind of using this short time that she had in our lives, she's just changed everyone she knew. All of our lives have been changed unrecognisably. And even people that haven't met Maggie, like you guys listening now, um, the fact I'm even here on this podcast, she's still got, even though she's been gone for four years, she's still got this ripple, this ripple effect that she, you know, like dropping a, a pebble in a, 
in a still lake. She's this ripple effect of her message, of, of her magic, really, and her full living, full loving experience is still rippling out to the world. So I really wanted to share my lessons with you guys because I think these lessons are priceless. As the title suggests, money won't bring my daughter back. Maggie has taught me the real value of life. And I think anyone who is faced with tragic circumstances, anyone who's faced with maybe life changing or life limiting, life threatening illnesses, or maybe anyone who has experienced just life changing events that don't necessarily need to threaten our, our lives as such. I think anyone will understand or anyone who hasn't experienced those will be able to empathise with the fact that the world just stands still and all these things that we're striving towards suddenly become meaningless and that's really hard to, to really understand unless you've been through it. So I give the example of my, I, I really kind of am aware of my before life and my afterlife. So before Maggie was born, um, and after Maggie was born, my my life is just unrecognisable. My perspective of life is unrecognisable. So, for instance, I would be in that rat race before, of even like just things like the journey to work being so stressful and being so bombarded and so aware of all the things I have to do at work and all these responsibilities and just feeling overwhelmed and and just like life is just kind of going too fast and I've got no control of it but everything I was doing was for the future everything I was doing was all these shoulds all these you know have to's that we have to do we have to kind of get our house you know get our mortgage or or get a decent car or all these things just suddenly become so meaningless and it's really interesting when you just stop and realize how swept up in all of that we are because even people that feel that they are quite maybe spiritually led quite um grounded in the present moment I think it's interesting to see just how wrapped up we are in all of that and suddenly when all that becomes meaningless you're presented with a completely different life you're presented with a whole new world quite literally you're presented with the beautiful cycles of nature you're presented with the joy that you see in each and every moment so for instance now a traffic jam would never be the same for me because it's either a for me time to just stop and see what's around me look out the window and and just accept that what will be will be because I guess I'm used to surrendering my control I'm used to just accepting what life's given me today mm. what my day is and I think that just really changes you and of course money brings opportunities but I think even more important than that, even more important than the money is the kind of focus on your life's dharma. So for anyone who's not used, not aware of that term, um, Maggie really connected me with my life's dharma. So whereas before I was in a career that I thought was good and I was in a career that would, would have good um, opportunity, opportunities in the future and be a stable career and give me the things financially I needed, suddenly I was like, wait, no. So my dharma is my life's purpose. So we've all got 
a life's purpose. It's a bit like karma. It's linked to the same. It linked to the word. It's it's about the 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 purpose we are born with, the purpose of our lives, how we're going to impact the world, how we're going to impact humanity, and that can be a small impact. That can be you know with, again with the ripple effect, or that could be huge. And my dharma is suddenly my let's so say my life's purpose my career now is suddenly not about money it's suddenly about something that's much more poignant i use your word again mm. and it's about me using my work and using money in the right way so for instance my dharma now is allowing me to to do what i love to share the the tools that supported me through some of the darkest, well, the darkest days of my life, share these tools with people so they can feel empowered. But also my work is going to allow me, because of the way I've, I've decided to work, it's going to allow me to, to kind of passive income and, and, and building courses to share these tools with people, make them available to people. But that passive income is now going to open up space in my life for, again, my dharma, a deeper version of it, and that is to allow me to work on Maggie's charity. So it's freeing me up with time. So wealth for me now is that time to do what I am here to do. That's my wealth. So it's not, it's gone from being financial to what can I do for humanity? I'd like to come in, Leary, if I can at this point, having listened to, uh, uh, and we seem to, well, I certainly seem to be repeating this word uh poignant um mm. because it seems very poignant to do so um a number of things that uh, listening to you speak there that fell out of that and not least of all the you know and this is my word my understanding of what you're saying that there's, there's actually a certain kind of peace that i'm certainly picking up from your energy that you've you've found some peace um in in terms of your dharma you know that mm. clarity and from that it puts things in context of you as you've alluded to because as humans isn't it true we're all busy and we all get caught up in the noise and the chaos and the the petty politics and the ego and all the and the control mm. you know I, I i'm i'm sort of straining to robbins's six human needs territory here that first need for certainty, I will control. And the third need for significance, me, myself and I. You know, it's mm. a big trait of human nature, is it not? And I think until you actually have, you know, you're shook to your boots, so to speak, with something like um, this experience that you've had with, you know, with your, your daughter, Maggie Mae, mm. we, 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 we kind of get caught up in that noise, in all that chaos and all all those petty politics that give us that significance, give us that control. But really, that's the stuff that we're talking about. Well, I'm talking, it's fear-based, isn't it? So I'd like to ask you, Leah, in terms of this experience, if I can just um, be allowed for a moment to, to label mm -hmm. it as an experience and certainly not trivialising in any way, shape or form the, the loss of your beautiful daughter, Maggie May. But to what degree now with your with your Dharma more focused, more aware of your Dharma, how does fear is fear more or less prominent in your world these days? I think 
you really hit the nail on the head there in terms of what you've picked out. So fear, I would say for me, the, the opposite of fear is peace. Mm. So, and that's exactly what I was talking about going back to kind of what we would, my before life. So even just kind of the journey into work, just being obsessing about the, the fear of what's next, the fear of the things I have to do, the fear of what the responsibilities of, you know, the consequences of not complete, completing those. And actually when you've been faced with death and you've been faced with our with how you know the fact that this is a finite experience that in a moment it could change then there's this kind of and I think also as a mother of of a dying child or a mother trying to keep her child alive there's just this kind of fearlessness I'm left with it's for me i kind of feel like um all that all those layers that society puts on us or kind of ego based or or fear based like in terms of just protecting us it's that armor isn't it all those layers of armor yeah that i have built up through my lifetime to protect me are just burnt away and you are left with your pure vulnerability mm. it is a vulnerable state yeah. But in that state is where the power lies. You know, like when we, um, and I talk about this a lot in my yoga, so and I, an embodiment. And so for the listeners at home, I'm just going to kind of get you to imagine that you are going to be, that you're sitting there as a warrior and a powerful warrior. And in that moment, we kind of bring our chest out, we roll our shoulders back and we feel ourselves become taller, don't we? And what I always get people then in that position to connect with is the fact what we've done we've pulled we're really showing our heart we're leading with our heart we're really drawing that chest out and exposing that vulnerability and it's in that vulnerability that we find our bravery that we find our fearlessness because we're being led by that that heart and i think that's what's happened for me this is what this experience of little maggie may and, and the beautiful you know she continues to She's my inspiration in everything I do, in every way, in every day, she's, she shapes my life. And, and that's a lovely, it's my medicine to be able to bring her forward in this way and to share her in this way. And also to connect with my life so fully because of her, because I was her mum, because she chose to be my daughter, if you'd like to think about it like that, because as souls, mm -hmm. we say that we choose each other, we choose our parents, we choose our children. She chose me and I chose her and and that makes me feel proud. And the fact that I was her mum for 18 months makes me just burst with pride. But for her, her mum physically for 18 months, of course, I remain her mum. But that experience has just burnt it all away, burnt these fears away. So there's this element of fearlessness. And that, again, is what I mean about my before life. I'd be so shy. I'd be, I'd never in my wildest dreams be talking to you here now and just talking about me. I'd be doing everything I could to divert you from me and distract you from me and seeing or hearing me. And that has become so different now. I'm just like, yeah, this is me. And this is my authentic self. This is who I am. And I'm not scared to show you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scared to show up. I'm not scared to make mistakes. I'm not scared to fail. In fact, if anything, if I do fail, then, you know, I'm even more aware of the lessons in that and, and, the, and the kind of value in growing from that. So, yeah, my experience has burnt away the fear. 
I have become fearless because I know that actually, you know, what's scary about sitting and talking. So for instance, sitting and talking to you now, when I've, when I face the worst, what, yeah. what's, what could I possibly be scared of in this situation? And from that, I think this real transformation happens when we're suddenly less worried about car payments, mortgage payments, all these things that we should be aware of. And, you know, of course, I don't want people just to be, you know, I don't, don't just ignore those things, but they're not my everything anymore. My everything is, have I lived fully today? Mm. Have I given my children that are still here with me the best possible day to day? What have I done? Have I shown up as my best self for them today? Have I taught them how to show up in the world and stand in this fearless way and really fearlessly enjoy life, enjoy the world? And I think also when I said about the kind of opposite of fear for me is peace, a lot of people I think will resonate with this. Anyone who's gone through these kind of life-changing huge events, whatever they are, and, and whatever that event is, it has value, you know, in terms of your experience and how it's impacted you. We don't compare our experiences. You know, it's not about kind of bigger or, or lesser. If it's hurt you, if it's shaken you to your core, yeah, then it's a valued experience to be thinking of now and then bringing into mind. But when you've gone through those experiences, you understand and you really value peace mm. and you yearn for peace. I um, I want to bring this first one, this first um, very brief conversation, Leah, to a close, if I may. Mm. But I want to close it out firstly by thanking you for sharing. Um, and, you know, as we know, we've spoke off here about the Brenny Brown uh, well-known mm. adage of our vulnerability is our strength. And yeah. I find particularly within the masculine energies kind of struggle with that concept mm -hmm. uh, particularly as i say within that masculine more dominant controlling energy as a generalization and of course we shouldn't generalize but mm -hmm. um, as a host prerogative i will because i can <laughs> <laughs> um, but i want to pull it to an end there just by inviting you in um, and i want to set the tone for doing a follow-on because we've spoke around it from your point of view as an individual, as, as a mother, Leah. But I want to open it up on a follow-up follow episode around the more general relationships within your family, if mm -hmm. we may. But hold that thought for a moment. Let's close this one out. And I repeat my gratitude for you for, for showing up immensely. And just inviting you in really to share any contact details you may have. You know, you've spoke around uh, the legacy of Maggie with your charity. Any contact details where people mm -hmm. can find out more about you, Leah, the charity or whatever you deem appropriate to share? Yeah. So I think the best way to follow, to keep up with what I'm doing um, and with the charity work and the work as well in terms of supporting people with their grief is my business. Um, and I use my business wherever I can to raise money and to support Maggie's charity. So my, Maggie, Maggie's charity is Maggie May's Lighthouse. Um, we haven't got a website just yet, but it's um, on Instagram as Maggie May's Lighthouse. And then also my business page, like I said, it's a bit more up to date, is at Still We Rise Coaching. So Still We Rise Coaching. And I've also got a website, www.stillwerisecoaching.com. Thank you. So there we have it, Thanks. listeners. There's not really much to say from that other than we will be, uh, well, we are going to do a, a follow-on recording, as I've said, around um, Leah's immediate family and what the knock-on effect was from that. But uh, 
I'm going to close this one out by the way I always do, by saying, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>